We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. I was born a white Italian dude from Jersey. Nothing of that has anything to do with anything that I've done. Culture to me isn't necessarily like, it's not important. I understand that people have, people like they're big on culture. I, I, I at least try to respect other people's cultures. I'm not one who's gonna be like, oh, that's stupid. Cause like, oh, you didn't earn it. You were just born. I, these are just my feelings. Yes, his perspectives regarding his origins are loosely open. His cultural outlook, humble and respectful. And in a world full of strongly held divides, even contentions, his walls are transparent as he reveals the pains and trials that live under his skin. Okay, let's be honest here. Yeah, an Italian heritage family is deep. It is not for me. I don't have contact with the most of my family. I talk to my dad and then my grandmother and my mom's side, and that's about it, who I talk to regularly. So the whole, like, uh, this sounds like kind of bitter, but like uh, the whole you can de- like you can only depend on family, the whole family over everything that all of that doesn't really stick with me because I didn't feel that not saying that I don't like them or that they're bad people. But, but it just it, it was like that when I was young, I will say that. And I think once I moved away from everybody, it was just my mother and I and now, you know, her and I have kind of always had a strained relationship. And now, actually, I do want to say her and I, we don't talk. We, I haven't seen her in a few years. I wish her well in, like, whatever she's doing. I know, I mean, my dad talks to her, so I know I'm pretty, I know she's doing okay. But the whole, like, it, the whole family thing, it's, it's not me. I see my friends, the people who I talk to and see daily or weekly, those two people to me are my family. So family to me is not necessarily a blood thing. It's the people who I love and care for and want to see and spend my time with when I'm not working. In speaking with him, he uses the word toxic in defining the impactful moments of his adolescence. Yet, as I listen between the lines of his life chapters, I hear the heart of not only a compassionate survivor, but more peacefully, the developing spirit of a true healer. He speaks of his formative years. I was never a bad kid. I never got, I hardly got in trouble at school, never got arrested, anything. And I always felt like I was so behind the rest of my friends because these guys, you know, they graduated. I graduated high school late because I, and this is also partially my fault where I stopped going to school. I went to school like two or three times a week. I was like, you know what? I'm not living at home. I had, I kind of just did nothing or I worked. He was a high school teen living on his own as he struggled to find balance. Younger years where early memories of a non-existent father were formed. Yet now, after years gone by, the love of a missing dad has been rectified. And by each and every interaction they currently share, the patchwork mending the holes in their hearts is taking hold. And looking away from the temptation to, as some might suggest, harbor the bad feelings under the premise of self-protection, he has chosen to collect no guile. You know, I've spent a lot of my life without having a dad. According to what my mother said, like they, you know, they went their separate ways early on and then he kind of just disappeared when I was like three or four, maybe five, I don't know. Now as an adult who's been, you know, I'm 25, I've been, uh, I've been in therapy for a few years. I don't, I think my mother wanted me to have them, 
because uh, honestly like i don't i don't blame her for that she was probably looking out for me because she would always say never forget that he was gone and like i get it i hear you but i'm one i find myself to be one of these people where if i don't feel that there's an issue i don't want to make one and honestly like no and since you know since then he's definitely pulled through for me a lot when i needed him and i will ver- i will always appreciate that he pauses thinks for a moment then he reveals the influence of yet another healing hand i became friends with a girl on twitter and her and i like instantly they kind of once we started talking in facetime we had feelings for each other she lived in montreal i lived in irvine uh her family came to visit disneyland and i like met her at her hotel and it was an instant connection she kept him alive as she taught him about love stood by his side through depression and finding his way and after four years together distance and life pulling them apart they finally said their kind goodbyes his only regret i wish i could have given her a hug he tells me she is on the verge of marriage to a man who in his words can give her everything she wants and as I looked at him, it was all so apparent that he carries the purest and most loving thoughts of her. Yet, in his compassionate and grateful outlook, and with no charge for blame or ask for guilt, he speaks of the effect that the breakup had upon him. A day when living with roommates, he questioned the value of his very own life. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time where I can just, just be done. This is it. Leave a note. Thankfully, I never got to that point. I gave up hope, but for some reason I never, I just never did what crossed my mind. I look back and I think that if I had killed myself when I was 22, look at all that I would have missed out on. First of all, it would have destroyed my friends. Just knowing the fact that one of their like really best friends was so hurt that he decided to kill himself. I have my grandmother on my mom's side still. She would probably die from a broken heart just right there knowing that I had killed myself. My dad, I don't, I know he would be, it would destroy him too. Knowing that someone, you know, was hurting so much that, that the only way out, the only way to stop it was the, was just calling it a life right there. But I didn't do it. And I'm so thankful because I look at all the cool stuff I've done. I feel really good with my friends. I have deep, meaningful conversations with them. I could talk to people about how much I love Bruce Springsteen or like just, just stuff like that or movies or TV or anything. There's so much in life to experience, I'm never letting go. Never let go, he encourages. Expresses gratitude for feelings that, although dark, lonely, and suicidal, are ones in which he finds great solace. He even offers us an outlook that we can each lean into to inspire our own minds and hearts. You can't even blame someone for not understanding. I feel like there's an issue with that where it's like, oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. Like, you're right, I don't. First of all, on one side of that coin is not enough people realize that the other party genuinely doesn't understand. And on the other side of that coin, the people who don't understand, they should, if someone says it, like, you're right, but I want to try, so talk to me. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I know how to solve all the world's problems, because I don't. I'm also one of those people, though, where anytime I hear about that happening, it breaks my heart. I'm never going to think, oh, that's so selfish. Do you think anybody willingly wants to commit suicide? I feel that having struggles to the point where I wanted to kill myself kind of made it just me going out to say, hey, I I think I, I in no way do I understand what you're going through, but I think we have some similar feelings. There is a light at the end of that tunnel. Find a reason to keep going and just stick to that. 
there's so much good in this world to experience. And I know this world is so nasty and ugly and I get the how bad it is. But I know one thing that would really benefit is just people understanding other people's pain. Understanding other people's pain, a topic shared in so many of the philosophies that have been brought to the surface by the dialogues of sidewalk ghosts. And in thinking about today's stranger now friend, Joey, a consideration that is coming from a most credible author and pulling from the archives of his life-earned heartbreaks and victories, he steps forward to share his departing wisdom. I want people to know that no matter how bad life can be, there's always hope and there's always proof. Like there's always a chance, like keep fighting, life will get better. Please, no matter what you're going through, please, for the love of God, keep fighting. Find yourself a love in life, no matter what it is. Find it, love it, cherish it, do not let it go, because that, that'll be one of the most important things in your life. And then find another. And find another. Keep finding things in life that you love. Hey to all, I want to throw a big thank you to Joey Rotolo. He's actually son of Joe Rotolo, who was featured in the last episode of Sidewalk Ghosts. And after we published that one, Joey reached out to me and said, hey, can I share my story? And here he is. Joey, you've been very vulnerable in sharing your story and something is telling me that it's gonna to touch the heart of someone out there. So thanks again. To all of you who would like to have your story shared on Sidewalk Ghosts, please reach out to me. This is about all of us and whatever we can share with each other to kind of break past the veil of what we see at first and to have these heartfelt messages and ideas and thoughts and stories that let us have a little glimpse of one another. And maybe with that, we'll look at each other a little bit differently in our everyday life. So here's the invite. If you'd like to share your story through Sidewalk Ghosts, simply go to my website, sidewalkghosts.com, navigate to the podcast page, at the bottom of that, there's a form that you can tell me a little bit about yourself. Send it in. I'll take a look at it and do all I can to get you on the show. Our Patreon site's still up and running at patreon.com forward slash sidewalk ghosts. Every little bit helps in producing these episodes. And with your support, the hope is that one day we can turn this into a weekly series and perhaps even travel it further around the globe and bring more and more people together in this constructive dialogue. And if you would like to sponsor Sidewalk Ghosts, please reach out to me, toss me an email. Would love to talk to you. Let's see what we can do to grow the reach and message of Sidewalk Ghosts. And to all of us, please never forget, your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world.